DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Eric Rowe, former Ute cornerback, now a Miami Dolphin. Eric, good morning. How we doing? Oh, we're, we're doing all right. Uh, I'm sure you've heard because uh, the Ute football alumni are all connected, so word spreads fast. I'm sure you've heard oh, about yeah. Yeah, I've heard you heard about. I'm, I'm sure you've heard about Morgan Scally uh, being suspended, and I've, I've read some stuff on Twitter. I read some stuff in the stories. Chris Camarani, who writes for the Athletic, has reached out to a lot of former Ute athletes and gotten some, uh, gotten some feedback from them. It's pretty nuanced about what they think and what they don't think. And uh, it's funny we had Guy Holiday on the air last week, and we saw an interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on ESPN, and they said. You know, what needs to be done first? Well, first, people need to listen a lot. Um, so this is our chance to listen to you and your experience in the youth program and with Morgan because, uh, you know, you've heard the news and we're just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I saw the news. I mean, one, it was shocking uh, that, you know, once I read, like, the whole thing. But I know, it's, you know, personally from media, I can't, you know, can't take it one side because you know how the media is. Once you get like, you know, they'll, they'll just tell one side of the story. So, you know, I talked, and then I, you know, Coach Scally, he had called me, you know, told me his side and, and you know, kind of how he was feeling. And and I, I think it's just, you know, right now, especially, you know, today's time, this, you know, it's really hypersensitive uh, with all the, you know, the debate and the protesting and, and you know social injustice, but you know the thing like I I don't agree you know with you know using the term. Uh, I mean I, I you know I I don't you know condone that. Uh, not just you know from him, kind of like from really every race. I mean you know it's a racial slur. Wish it was out out the you know the language book, but you know in reality everybody uses it. You know where you know where it should be or not like and. But to have, to have, you know, he told me the story and how he, you know, flew right out to Texas and apologized like hell to the family and to the player, and you know, to have them, that family, you know, kind of forgive him, you know, knowing the man he is. I mean, I mean, he's he's one of the greatest, you know, men, you know, I you know have a relationship with, you know, his values, his work ethic, just the way he views life. And to have it all, you know, kind of tarnished by, you know, one, you know, mistake. I know he wish he can take it back. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't agree with it. You know, I mean, you know, the way Twitter's just hashing on them, and cause, I mean, because they don't know the context. But you know, even to have that player even come play for the school, you know, for his four years, and you know, you know, all that. I, I just feel like you know, and everybody has different experiences with him. I've seen other, I've seen the other, you know, other players' side. I've seen their tweets. Uh, even though I don't agree with them, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean they're right. But you know, with the whole Scally thing, I think it's just, it's, it's sad though. It's just sad. Eric, you're from Texas. I mean, you speak of of Singleton, who's also from Texas, and and he did come and play here for four years, and then transferred on to Houston. Uh, he was on Twitter and. He basically uh, stood up for Morgan, and and you know we know Morgan. He's a local guy. We've been in the community for a long time, and we think he's a great guy too. 
it is troubling when you have ex-players like uh, Mo Lee and uh, Ryan Lacey say what they say. You can only go through your experiences. Now, I don't remember when Lacey played, but I believe you were a teammate of Mo Lee's. Do you have any idea why they would say that as far as the validity of their claims? Uh, I mean, it's probably their, you know, experience with them. You know, I can't, I can't sit here and be like, you know, oh, they're just, you know, they're trying to lie on him or, you know, trying to hash him too. Like, honestly, I don't know. It's whatever they had, like their personal experience with Scali. I mean, mine was different. My experience was, you know, it's a guy that pushed me, you know, in school and in football and, you know, just to be a better man, like, you know, like I am today. So, that, I mean, that's my experience with them. Maybe, you know, there's a difference. So, you know, I can't really, I can't really, you know, judge on, you know, kind of what they said. But, I mean, they said what they said. I'm curious going through the recruiting process because I was, uh, I was, I played high school sports, but I was never good enough to get recruited. And so if the U keeps him, and, and I think that there is an interest in keeping him because if there wasn't, I think he'd already be gone. So it, there's an interest in keeping him, but how does that work in recruiting? Because now he'd be carrying this baggage going forward. We've heard about negative recruiting out there. It would be something for uh, other schools to float. How would that work? Put yourself back, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old you going through the process how would that work? How big an impact would that have? Or can you even speak to that because it would be so different for so many different people? Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely going to hurt, you know. I mean, it kind of is how it is, like kind of reality. It, it, it hurt his reputation. I mean, that's he done a lot of, you know, a hell of a lot of good for, you know, the state and the program for I don't know how many years he even played there. But – I mean, maybe within time, but right now it's it's kind of all ruined by, you know, this one incident. You know, if I was if I was getting recruited, and obviously I don't know him as a man or the context or well, you know, the whole situation. You know, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to the school based on that, but I would, you know, kind of think twice. Like, you know, you know he. He's saying, you know, not that not, not he's calling people the N-word, but, you know, he, he's saying it. Maybe that's, maybe that's the culture, maybe in the coaching staff. I don't know. Like, you know, not, not saying that that's him, but if you don't know him, you may think, or, or their parents may think, like, you know, maybe that's the, you know, the culture at the school or the football program. So, like, it, it's, it's going to hurt, you know, either way, whether he, you know, comes back, you know, to the program or, you know, or if he gets, or, you know, if he gets fired. Like, so, I mean, either way it's going to hurt maybe within time, but, you know, for right now, in the next couple of years, it's, it's definitely going to hurt. So can you say that was not the culture at Utah when you were there for your four years from 2011, 2015? No, no, that, that definitely was not the culture. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, that, I was I was shocked that you know it happened you know in you know my you know my time I was there so it never got brought up never got you know even spoken a word of so that's why it, it was shocking to me I was like oh damn this happened when I was there I didn't even know like 
I mean, so like, but that's that's definitely not the culture up there. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious uh, because there's a similar story going on at Iowa right now with their strength and conditioning coach and the head coach Kirk Ferentz has spoken to that. I'm curious when you're in an NFL locker room and you compare college experiences, is that something you've heard guys have to put up with? Is that something that's pretty common? It happens, but it's not very common. What do you hear in the locker room in the NFL? Uh, not not really. I mean, at least my experience, I haven't heard any, you know, any stories, you know, like this or like the one in Iowa uh, where, you know, racial slurs are being used by, you know, maybe like, you know, non-black coaches. But uh, so I haven't really heard any, you know, any stories of that. So I, I, I actually don't know. So Morgan Scally reached out to you. I assume it was last week when you when he called you. Uh, what did it mean to you that he would call you personally to have a personal conversation to you about this situation? It, it, it meant a lot. I mean, it like I said. I mean, it shows like the man he is. I mean, he's not he's not denying. You know, he didn't call me to deny the whole. You know, this whole allegation, this investigation thing. I mean, he. He just told me like I made a mistake. Uh, I mean, I know how him and Coach Shaw's like relationship is. He's like, you know how our relationship is. I made a mistake. You know, it's not you know the man I am. I am not, you know, I am not you know any form of racist or stand for racism. Uh, I mean, he, I mean it was it was genuine, and I mean it meant a lot because you know the fact that you know I know he didn't just call me, but you know I was one of the guys that. You know, he just thought of like, hey, I need to, you know, tell these guys like, you know, he wants to tell his side of the story because obviously, I mean, he's not allowed right now like to go to the media with it. Right. So like right. to call like you know to just like think of me. I mean, we talk every now and then, uh, but you know, just to think of me, I know he's going through a you know really you know dark time right now. Him and his family, you know, just to you know call me up and you know tell him that tell me that you know I'm sorry. You, you know, it's not who I am. Uh, you know, just tell me his side of the story. I mean, it means a lot. Eric Rowe joining us, former Utah and current Miami Dolphin cornerback. Have you uh, talked to uh, other Ute, ex-Ute players over the weekend? Yeah, I talked to I talked to a couple. I talked to uh, Andy Phillips, and actually he's the one that told me. I was actually, uh, I think I was just cleaning my house in Florida, and I had no idea what was going on. He called me and told me, but I talked to him about it. Uh, Jeff Battle, he was there in 2011 just for like the freshman year, but he transferred. But I talked to him about it, and so I mean, we I talked to a couple guys, and I mean, we're all, like we're all on the same page. And I know a couple guys, you know, like uh, like Hatfield and Lacey. I know they're on you know a different page, but you know that's their experience. But yeah, I talked to a couple guys about it. So you're from Texas, as we said, and established, uh, and Morgan recruits that Houston area. Was he your recruiter when you were in high school? Yeah, he was. He was the one that got me up there. <laughs> so <laughs> you obviously had faith in him. You say he's the one who got me up there. So how big of a factor was the trust you had in him in terms of you leaving that area to come up to Salt Lake City? Uh, I mean, it was a lot because honestly, when when he came to recruit, I remember at practice, I had no idea 
I mean, I think it's maybe just like the marketing. I had no idea Utah had a football program. Like, <laughs> I was like, Utah, like who? And but then, you know, obviously, you know, talking to him and I, you know, did all our research. I was like, oh, you know, this is legit. But just to, have, you know, I had a lot of trust in him, and he told me like he didn't. I mean, he didn't tell me like how a lot of recruiters like, oh yeah, yeah. I heard this from a bunch of other scouts. Like, yeah, you'll come up and start and. We'll ship the defense, you know, to your, you know, abilities and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he just told me like it is. He was, I remember he was like, look, you got to come and compete. I mean, there is a spot open, but it's not guaranteed. Like, you get what you earn, you know, all that. So I was like, okay. Like, you know, I don't like to hear all the, you know, all the bull, like, all the hype. Like, yeah, you're going to come and start right away because I know that's not how life is. So, but I had a lot of trust in him and shoot, he got me up there. Eric Rowe, former Ute and current Miami Dolphin, uh, joining us. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk to you a little bit about the NFL. How excited is everybody in the NFC in the AFC East that uh, Tom Brady's no longer in the AFC East that he's gone to the NFC? <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> yeah, all, all, all you know, all three of us, the other teams, you know, we're hella excited. I mean, one to have a dominant factor. You know, kind of like when LeBron left the East in the NBA, it's like, okay, you know, it's back open. Like, <laughs> so I know, you know, we were talking about, I heard some people on the Jets and the Bills, they're like, oh, yes, like, finally, like, you know, now we have, a, you know, a higher chance to win the division, you know, that now that he's gone. <laughs> what was it like as far as playing for that New England franchise there in that organization? What made them as good as they were, because you were right in the thick of things there for a few years. Yeah, it was the, it was the consistency. I mean, from OTAs, because, I mean, everybody works hard in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. It was a consistency of getting the little details right every day, you know, every practice, you know, obviously executing the game, and just for months straight. Because, you know, the first couple months of, you know, uh, of the season, you know, everybody's hyped up and ready. But when it gets down to November, December, when, you know, bodies are tired, people are injured, that's when, you know, people start to lose a little bit of focus on, like, the little details of whether it's your technique or the plays or the scheme or your awareness. But up there, I mean, Bill, he, he harked on it every day, you know, Get, get the little details right, and if you didn't do it in practice, you weren't going to be in the game. So, I mean, that's one thing. I, you know, I, you know, I'm glad I was there. You know, I learned. I learned that. What is Bill Belichick like to be around every day? <laughs> every day, I mean, he's he's actually he's pretty quiet. He's a really quiet guy. Kind of if if it's not football, he's pretty quiet. Uh, it's it's hard to, you know, get him to smile. But, I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, he just like work. You know, you just go around. I say, what's up, coach? And he just says, hey. And, you know, you just kind of go on your business. So how much crap did you give uh, Kyle Van Noy in New England about beating BYU every year? And how much crap are you going to continue that in Miami? <laughs> oh, I gave him all three years. All three years, straight crap. Every time we play him, or but he, but I mean, he knew. He was like, man, we we, we couldn't beat you when I was there. We still ain't beating you. 
He's like, there ain't no point to fight back. <laughs> but I still give him crap, though. <laughs> well, Eric, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, I know it's uh, it's been an emotional weekend for the people who are close to uh, Morgan, but we appreciate you being willing to come on and uh, talk and uh, share your thoughts with a lot of uh, football fans here who are listening. Uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. Eric Rowe, former Ute, current Miami Dolphin, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell released a video over the weekend admitted the league's fault in not listening to players sooner and encouraged NFL players to speak out and peacefully protest. Washington running back Adrian Peterson said without a doubt he'll be taking a knee during the national anthem to protest racial injustice and he expects to be joined by several NFL players. The NBA is working on mechanisms that will be used to replace players in the event of positive coronavirus tests or serious injuries in the Orlando bubble environment. Sources told ESPN that the league and teams are already discussing how teams will be able to utilize players on two-way contracts. Major League Baseball players accused MLB teams of depriving America of baseball games as part of a money fight set off by the COVID-19 pandemic and raised the possibility of baseball commissioner Rob Manfred maybe pushing ahead with a shortened season despite the union's objections. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by the former Ute, Andy Phillips. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Andy, good morning. Good morning. What's happening, guys? Oh, you know, Friday the announcement and uh, Ute football fans everywhere. Uh, I think... Pretty much surprised by this. A lot of players have said they were surprised, too. We just spoke with Eric Rowe. He said he got the news from you. He's cleaning his house in Miami. Didn't know uh, anything about it. Uh, how'd you find out, and what do you think, based on your experience in the program? Um, well, I was uh, actually leaving work and uh, got a call from Tom Hackett, and Tommy and I were talking about it. Um, the, the, I initially read the news on Twitter, Um uh, and it was uh, it was rather surprising. The reaction was as expected, um, especially given the current events in our world. And so um, immediately it was kind of uh, I, I felt obligated to reach out to as many of my former teammates, as many of my former coaches uh, as I possibly could, um, just to get a just to get a sense. Uh, uh, of kind of what was going on. Also, reach out to Coach. I, you know, I just played with with Coach Shaw and Coach Scally in a golf tournament um, about two weeks ago, and so, um, I, you know, I've got a I've got a great relationship with Coach Scally, and, and so it's just a, for for me, it was, 
you know, getting a sense of the situation and, and what was going on and, and making sure that um, the accurate light was being reflected. What is that accurate light, Andy? Um, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I try to be as objective as I possibly can in making my judgments. Uh, and I think that that light is that, um, you know, Coach Scali is, is one of the best hardworking um, high-integrity characters on this planet. Uh, he surrounds himself with like-minded people. That's why um, he and Coach Shaw, you know, are best friends. I, I hold both of those two uh, in, in the highest regards. Um, now, that's simple for me to say coming from Utah, given my background, um, you know, given my skin color, if you will. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that, that my experience uh, in the in the five years that I was at Utah, was accurate to those who came from different backgrounds. That's why I reached out to you know one of my closest friends, Eric Rowe. He's one of the first people I talked to. I um, reached out to Damo, um, Kenneth Scott, uh, you know, just to name a few, just to get a sense to see if I was you know if, if I was being biased and if there was something that I misunderstood about um, Coach Scally's character and and, and Coach Scally's. Um, uh, you know, what, whether or not he's a racist. And, and of course, in, in my mind, I'm going, there's, there's no possible way in their mind, as they've both said, you know, there's, there's no possible way. Um, you know, he's a smart guy. He's a very smart coach. He's a guy who has an NBA, uh, who, who played competitive football, all American. Um, you know, he, he's not naive to the fact that, that racism exists, that there are certain words that shouldn't be said. Um, but he did make a mistake, and he admitted to that. So there's a uh, story in the Athletic. Chris Kimrani has reaction from a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, ex players that he was able to track down who are willing to comment on the record, you know, with their name on it and all that. And there were some people who were a hundred percent behind Morgan and really stood up. Uh, there were people who had more nuanced views who wanted to make it clear that. They didn't believe he's a racist, and in some cases they didn't want him fired, and they say that. But they also thought that, um, you know, paraphrasing, he had blind spots, uh, there's privilege he had and that he didn't understand, and lines he had crossed. Did you hear that from teammates? You know, um, just to address the, the privilege, Coach Scal is very aware of his privilege. I mean, his, his best friend is, is, is Coach Shaw, who in a heartbeat, would make Coach Scally aware of his privilege. Um, they have very open, transparent uh, conversations with each other about things like this. Because if you look at the, the group of uh, of athletes that those two coach, the deep, the defensive backs, you know, ninety percent uh, are people of color, and uh, and and so he has to be sensitive to that. Um, and so he's he's a, he's aware of his privilege. He played football. He's been in locker rooms. Uh, for for a very long time, um, so there are there are a lot of people that don't like Coach Scally. I should say there are a lot of my former teammates that don't like Coach Scally because he's hard on them. He can be really hard. He can uh, he, he he cuts through the crap and tells you uh, exactly what what he thinks needs to be said. Um, and and that can be I mean that can be painful. Look, I was on the receiving end of that multiple times uh, when I when I would make a mistake, especially on kickoff. I kicked the ball in the wrong place. Um, you know, I, I kicked it out of bounds, whatever it might be. You know, not only did I get it on the field, 
I would also get it uh, in in film review um, afterwards. And so, you know, it's 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 a it's a really fine line in saying I don't like Coach Scally because he he said things to me that hurt my feelings. Versus, I don't like Coach Scally because he said derogatory terms to me. Now, I know that there are also former teammates who I haven't been able to speak to that um, that, that claim he, that he's uh, you know said said certain words um, to them, certain racist uh, words, specifically you know the N word. Um, and he, here's my take on that. Uh, it's for right now, it's an accusation. It, it's 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 hearsay. Um, it's kind of he said, she said. Uh, what I base my judgments off of, as I mentioned earlier, is is character, is work ethic, um, is consistency. Are you the same person that I see every single day, or are you a sandbagger? Um, are you somebody that's going to show up one day and and then you know, not show up the next day? And uh, to say uh, Coach Scally is 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 not the same person every single day, day in it, day out. Uh, high work ethic, high character, um, you know, it, it's word against word. And so I guess at the end of the day, goes, well, who are you going to believe? Uh, current times would have you be very sensitive, and we, as we should be, um, to derogatory terms being used towards uh, people of color, LGBT, you know, whomever it might be. Um, however, you know, it's, it's, also, it's, it's also not appropriate to uh, make accusations, make inaccurate accusations to further, um, uh, or to think that you might be furthering that progress. And so that's, again, the whole motivation of, of why I, I really jumped all over this because I'm going, Hey, look, you guys, we're all fighting for the, for the same thing. You know, we all want to eliminate injustices that happen in the world. And the only way we can do that is by having transparent conversations, but they have to be truthful, transparent conversations. And, um, so that's, you know, that's kind of my perspective on this this whole deal. One of the things, Andy, that troubles me is guys saying that it permeated the culture of the football program. I mean, I'm like you in terms of skin color, and I've been around the program, not to the level of players, obviously, but I find that hard to believe. But at the same time, of course I would. You are there. How do you respond to the accusations that this is – was an issue throughout the team. It's ridiculous. Um, Coach Whittingham does not run a program where he allows something like that to exist. The coaches hold each other accountable. You have, a, a, you know, a, a, a Polynesian strength coach. Um, you know, p- people of color are littered all over this this uh, this staff, and they hold each other accountable. And Coach Whittingham takes this stuff very seriously. So. You know, I I I think it's a, I think it's ridiculous. I I sat in the locker room um, next to my teammates who I love, who are brothers to me. And you know, does racism does racism exist? Absolutely. Are there some bad eggs in the locker room that might say something racist? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That of course that exists. You'd, you'd have to be completely naive to think that that doesn't exist. But as far as the program is concerned, as far as players and coaches holding each other accountable for things like that um you know that's the kind of program that coach that coach Witt runs that's the kind of program that utah football and utah athletics runs now i can't speak for other teams um but i can speak for the football team 
um, having been there five years, having been there a captain, having talked about these issues uh, with my fellow teammates, um, it's not something that, that uh, I, and I don't know how many people know this, you know, there's a leadership council that, um, that's voted on each year, you know, 16 or so players, um, and they're in charge of governing the team, you know, holding, holding people accountable when they miss meetings, when they, uh, you know, when there's disciplinary action to a point, right, that, that needs to be taken, that, that the team can handle internally. Um, and that's handled amongst those players. And, and, and those players are from all different backgrounds of all different colors. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a voting process. It's, it's very democratic. Uh, and, and it's, it's uh, in my opinion, completely the correct way to do it. And so to, to, to assume or to imply that, that there's a racist culture that exists um, amongst, the, uh, amongst the Utah football program um, is, is absolutely ridiculous. You have any idea where this is going, or you think this investigation could go anywhere and anything could happen? Um, I don't know where it's going, um, and and it, uh, in this day and age, anything could happen. Um, you know, it's uh, rightfully so. Some some people are made out to be the example and set the standard for um, what's going to happen going forward. Um, I do know this. I know that that Coach Scally is is a very intelligent human being. If he made this mistake once. Um, I would be, uh, I would highly doubt that he, he would make it again. Um, he, I, I just want to mention one more thing and I have to tread lightly here. Um, and I want to explicitly say using racial slurs is, is never acceptable, never acceptable, but the world would be very naive to think that in a locker room there, it, the environment's different than what it is outside of the locker room in the world. Um, I'm not, I'm not excusing that language, but, but amongst people of colors, that, that word, that racial slur is used, uh, back and forth, uh, as we hear in, you know, in, in music today, right. As, as brother, as, you know, what's good, dude, how, how you doing, how you, what's, what's going on, bro. Um, and there's a lot of us who are not, you know, who, who are white sitting there, you know, being called these things in a, in a, in a positive light, like, Hey, how you doing, man? Right. And, and so we'd be naive to think that, that it's not, it's not a word thrown around, um, you know, very loosely in the, in a locker room. Um, now I, I would, I would never, uh, uh, my, my parents taught me to never use that word. Um, and so that's not, not something that I would feel comfortable saying back. Um, but it, but context is important. Um, very important, and so I just, I just, I felt like I needed to, to at least throw that out there. And a lot of people know that, um, but for some reason, people are saying, you know, a word's a word, and I completely agree; it should never be said. But you do have to look at at the at the context, and you have to understand what's going on behind closed doors. And ninety nine percent of the time, it's not, um, it's not ever used in in a racist context. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Trying to put some context to the situation, and obviously, you're. You're completely accurate. We've seen it. Even we don't experience it on our own level. We know what is going on as far as what's out there, and we'd be naive to think that it isn't out there, and I think that's what you're trying to say. Since you had a leadership position in this situation when you were with the program, do you think that you will be invited to, I don't want to use the word testify, but will they call upon you to get your thoughts? I'm not sure. Um 
you know, I, I, I hope so. Um, I, I feel like, again, I have a, an objective view on all of this. I, I, I made an effort in my five years and continue to make an effort now to, um, you know, have strong relationships with all of my teammates, um, not just those that are, that are here locally. Um, and so I, I've tried to be, be very objective and, and make sure that my judgment's accurate. And so I hope so, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how this is going to, this investigation is going to unfold. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, in the next, in the next couple of weeks, but, um, if there's, if there's any silver lining to all of this, it's that, uh, and I, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. It's that there's, uh, much needed conversation happening around this, around this subject and around this topic. Um, and that's, you know, that's progress. Um, that's big time progress. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what, uh, what, what actions the Utah football and Utah athletics pro, uh, programs take to um, try and weed out uh, all of this, uh, all of the injustices that exist, not just with racism, but, you know, um, you know, sexism and, and uh, you know, any kind of injustice that exists amongst these programs. Well, Andy, thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it, you guys. Andy Phillips, former Ute, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is an unusual morning, PK. Well, sure. With one exception. Well, um, well, usually I click on Twitter and whatever we're talking about, you know, people are, you know, saying that they agree, they don't agree, you know, down with the Utes, up with the Cougars, down with the Cougars, up with the Utes. The Jazz are going to be great. The Jazz are going to let us down again. I love the Jazz. Gosh, I have my fingers and toes crossed. Channel 2 rocks. Channel 2 sucks. There's that. Uh, <laughs> mostly over the Broncos. We're not quite to that part of the year, right? <laughs> right now it's a little more neutral. There's one PGA. Well, yeah, obviously on. we're in the middle of winter looking outside, but yeah, go ahead. All <laughs> right. Welcome to February. Uh, th- it, it is so quiet. And it's not that we haven't had anything on. I think the Morgan Scally story is a huge story. And uh, we've had Steve Cleveland on uh, kind of looking at things from Kyle's perspective a little bit. I mean, it's different running a basketball program than a football program. But when you manage other people, there's certain things you had to do. And Steve talked about that. And Eric Rowe and Andy Phillips, two former teammates, came on the air. Uh, so we had, we've had plenty. And, and we got one comment, and it's about me and donuts. So <laughs> there's, there's that. <laughs> I got some if you want. All right, what do you got? <laughs> Just Clint, Clint says the thing about DJ is he has no bias, at least when it comes to donuts. All donuts are equal to DJ, equally delicious. Thank you, Clint. All right, what have you got? Uh, I would disagree. I don't think all donuts are equally delicious. I agree with you there. Yeah. Some are better than others, certainly. Uh, let's see. Uh, it, just to let you know that there's still the rivalry, uh, some coog dude. If this were a BYU coach, you apologists would be acting differently. I think the racist witch hunt is lame, but also media hypocrisy. You guys were nonstop covering Sockgate and took down a good man. If this was a BYU coach, there would be nonstop stories on systematic or systemic, I don't know, racism. What, what good man did we take down? Who's that? 
Is that Dwayne Busby? I guess it would have to be. Uh, well, of course, else? I could think it was Dwayne Busby, yeah. But he also but Dwayne Busby, who has no problem every time he sees me coming up to me and chatting me up, what, what did we do to take down Dwayne Busby? Dwayne Busby, I would consider a friend. I've always considered a friend. He's got Arizona roots. Uh, I enjoy Dwayne Busby. I enjoy his company, his conversation. Now, he did quit a few years back. I don't know if he has an official position, but he was around the program the last couple of years. And anytime I saw him, I would chat him, chat with him. So I don't, you know, we try to do the best we can here. And to think that, you know, we are on a witch hunt for BYU this couldn't be more ridiculous. But I'm never going to convince you, so I'm not going to try. No, it's a, the, the next time it'll be Ute fans treat uh, BYU differently and suck up to them. So. I don't hug people whom I don't like. And I probably hugged Kalani Sataki, or he's hugged me more than any other man I've ever hugged. He's a hugger. And I I like he is a hugger. And I gotta say to both you guys, I owe you a hug. I should have hugged you by now, and I haven't. (laughs) And I owe you guys hugs. Not gonna lie, I'll be awkward. Not the first time there would be awkwardness between the three of us. Well, it's funny how some guys can get away with hugs, and it isn't. When Kalani, when you see Kalani and you haven't seen him for about four hours, not necessarily four weeks, (laughs) but four hours. He's a hugger. (laughs) He does. He gives you that bro hug. I know. But why would it be awkward if I went to hug Yaka Doodle Doo? I don't don't understand. I don't don't know. I don't think we have to explain that. I think that's (laughs) self-evident. These truths we hold self-evident? Exactly. You're not a hugger. You're a quiet, moody guy who's more likely to have the, the hands jammed in the jeans and the, you know, the shades on and just kind of quietly standing over by the wall. Well, the wall needs love, too. Yeah, the wall's getting the silent treatment, though. <laughs> One of my friends just uh, texted me about Morgan. I'll, I'll read it to you. He said, and he's a youth fan, he said that uh, I believe Morgan is 100% sincere. All you have to do is look at his countenance and know that he has it. People who aren't sincere and sorry won't have this attribute. So I texted ba- him back, stop describing my countenance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, coming up, Chris Kimrani, who's talked with a lot of youths, is on the uh, rights for the athletic. He's going to be on with uh, Scott and Hands at 11 o'clock, so more to come. They're coming up next. It's DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.